This is episode 46 of the Linglestown Life podcast. Now through Easter, we're working our way through a sermon series called Weird, in which we're unpacking the beliefs and practices that make Christians a little different. In his sermon, Pastor George Reynolds asks us to consider what we truly value and whether our values line up with what Jesus values. This message was first preached on February 28, 2021 at the Linglestown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Linglestown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. I want to ask you this question all over again this morning, and that is, what do you value? What do you value? I've asked you that repeatedly today, and, and I, I ask you that question realizing that, that answering it is not the easiest thing in the world to do. And, and I know that personally because I've been working on this sermon for a few weeks now, and, and as I've been trying to develop it, I keep asking myself, what do I really value? What do I really value? So as I was thinking about what, what do values mean, I, I started looking up different definitions and I found this one that I like and it says that values are the things that you believe are important in the way you live and work. Values are the things that you believe are important in the way you live and work. Now, the website where I found that went on and had this statement to go after that. It says, your values should, right? They should determine your priorities. And deep down, they're probably the measures you use to tell if your life is turning out the way you want it to turn out. Now, let's go back to the first part of this statement. And uh, you might want to take a screenshot of this statement because I think this is something that you want to think about as a result of today's message. But go back to that first part. Your values should determine your priorities. Now, let's try something this morning. If I were to poll the people that you spend time with each week, your, your family, co-workers, neighbors, what would they say you value based upon what you prioritize in your life? Now, you, you might say you value family. I, 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 that was probably the most pro prominent word that came up on, uh, on the list online here. But would your family say that they're a priority? Uh, you might say that you value honesty. But if I went to your place of work and I, well, that might be your home today, right? But uh, if I went to your coworkers and asked them, what's a priority, what would they say? You, you might say that you value honesty, or, or that's what I got, honesty with your coworkers. You, you might say you value your health, but I'm gonna ask you that age old question, when was the last day you took a day off? 
And, and you might say that you value living within your means, but if I took a look at your credit card statement, what would it show is your real priority? Your values should determine your priorities. And, and if we were to take a, a measure of how you feel about your life right now, if the people in your life were to take a measure of how you're doing in life, if, if Jesus was to take a measure of how your life is going right now, when it comes to family and character and health and finance, is your life good? Are you satisfied? Are you content? Would Jesus be content with your life? Or does something just not feel right? Is there a lack of integrity there? And, you know, when you stop and think about it, in this, in this last year, if it hasn't challenged us enough, I mean, in the midst of quarantine and political unrest and racial justice, I mean, all of those things have challenged our values. So you see what I mean when I say that answering the question, what do I value, isn't as easy as we think it is. And while it's hard to define what we value, and, and be honest about this, I mean, what we say we value doesn't always line up with how we live and what others would say we truly prioritize, and add to that how we apply our values to our daily questions that we're confronted with, then add one more thing on top of that, and that is that if we define ourselves as disciples of Jesus, we add a whole new challenge to defining what we value. So what do you value? Or more importantly, if you say you are a disciple of Jesus, how does that relationship determine not only what you say you value, but more importantly, how you live out what you value? So, let's stop for a moment and consider Jesus' values. And when we think about the Jesus values and what, what we should have as our values because we call ourselves disciples of Jesus, um, most people would say, well, if you want to understand Jesus' values, go back to the Sermon on the Mount. Go back to, to this long stretch of message that Jesus shared and Matthew records for us in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's, it's Matthew's account of Jesus' life, and it contains these, these fundamental principles that, that help us identify the values of a disciple of Jesus. And, and let, me, let me challenge you to think about this for a moment if you read through the Sermon on the Mount and you identify the values of a disciple of Jesus, you may discover, you may discover that in many ways that people, the majority of people who are alive today share many of those values. Something to think about. But the challenge that we all face is not in saying what we value, but the challenge, the real challenge for all of us is, do we actually live out those values? Do we actually live out those values? And that was the point in the opening illustration that Jesus used in the Sermon 
on the mount. And I want to read to you today Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 and 22. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And this is what this is what Jesus said. He said, you're familiar with the commandment that the older generation was taught. Do not murder or you will be judged. But I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow believer, you are subject to judgment. And whoever demeans and insults a fellow believer is answerable to the congregation. And whoever calls down curses upon a fellow believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. That's where we want to begin today. Now, do you remember the other question that I asked at the beginning of our time today? I asked this question, is that where did your values originate? I would imagine, I would imagine that many of our values are derived from exactly what Jesus is talking about here, the Ten Commandments. And that's certainly a good list of expressed values that we might want to choose to live by. But Jesus is challenging his listeners by saying that it's not enough just to check off the box that said, I didn't murder anybody today. Okay? Jesus pushes his listeners to realize that his values... His values are about more than just checking off a box that says, I didn't murder today. Okay? Do not murder implies to Jesus more than not pulling the trigger that fires a fatal shot. I mean, it's pretty easy most days, right? It's pretty easy most days to avoid murdering another human being. Right? Right? Most days. <laughs> most days. But as Jesus teases out this command, he, he's, really, he's really implying that, that he equates anything we say or do that brings harm, physical harm, emotional harm, relational harm, spiritual harm. If we do anything that brings harm to another person, it's the same as murder. And that means that means that the jerk, I mean the, the individual who cut you off in traffic doesn't merit a wave. Let the reader understand what I mean. Uh, or the epitaph-laden language that you might mutter under your breath, okay? That means, that means that the way we talk about someone doesn't run them down and insult their place of honor as a human being who is made in the image of God. That, my friends, is what makes disciples of Jesus weird. Our values are more than just pie-in-the-sky platitudes. Our values are more than words we express. Our values, our values, our actions lived out in daily life. Our actions are our values lived out in our daily life. You know, Jesus didn't come with just a bunch of pretty platitudes. Jesus came with a purpose, and his purpose was to establish a kingdom that operates under a set of values that require us to abandon the values of this world. And that means that daily we have to be transformed or we have to be reformed by the kingdom of God 
values. You see, the, the kingdom of God values are not like a buffet where you go in and you get to pick from column A and column B and column C, and you sort of pick what fits your lifestyle. You know, oh, well, I'd like to do that, and I'd like to do that, but that column, forget it. You see, instead, the kingdom of God values require us to be transformed daily into the image of Jesus. And that means, that means that we honor one another in our language, we honor one another in our relationships, we honor one another in keeping our promises. That means that we love our enemies, we care for the needs of others, we exercise good and faithful stewardship of God's resources, and we do not judge others. That pretty much gives you the list from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Of course, we all know that Jesus sort of summarized the whole thing, simplified it so that we could all understand it and apply it very simply. He said at the end of his life, as I have loved you, so you must what? Love one another. It's that simple. That's Jesus' value. But as disciples of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, we have a very curious relationship with Jesus' values. You see, while Jesus lays out a set of values by which his disciples are to live, you and I, well, we have this tendency to sort of bend those values. We, we sort of bend them so that they, they benefit us. And we become very selective in our application of those values when they fit our worldview. Now, give you some practical things to think about here. Good case in point is, is how slave owners and, and preachers in the early days of our country found ways to justify the owning of people as property. Or think about this, how good Christian people could justify all sorts of injustice and discrimination against people of color, not in the past, but today, right now, in our own lifetime. You see, this is what I mean when I say that somehow we have crafted Jesus' values in such a way that, that we, we, we make little nuances here and there so that they line up with our political views. And what a lot of people have done over the years is they have bent and molded Jesus' values so that they can point to, to Jesus and say, well, he supports my way of life while disregarding the lives of others. And for that, we have to say, God, forgive us. Now, here's the most challenging thing I want to say to you today. If the values of Jesus are not disturbing you daily, if they are not challenging your long-held values, if they are not confounding your worldview, your politics, and your relationships, then you are not living by Jesus' values. You are bending Jesus' values to fit your life. You just sort of have to let that sink in for a little bit, okay? If the values of Jesus are not 
waking you up in the middle of the night and challenging the way you live each day, you're not reading Jesus. It's not challenging many long-held values that, that maybe are good, but maybe, maybe didn't really come from Jesus' mouth. And, and if, if the day-in and day-out things of life, politics and relationships, aren't being confounded by Jesus' values, you're not living by Jesus' values. That's how radical the values of Jesus are to be applied to our daily life. And, and that's why the early church w was seen as so subversive to the religious and political leaders of the day because they were truly living out Jesus' values each day. And so the early disciples of Jesus oftentimes find themselves beaten and imprisoned. Why? Because they challenge the status quo of the world's value system that put power and politics above people. Give me a, let me give you a quick example of that. You may remember two of Jesus' disciples, one named James and John, their brothers. One day, they come to Jesus and they say, hey, when you enter into your kingdom, when you're ruling and reigning, one of us wants to sit at your right hand, one of us wants to sit at your left hand. What were they looking for when they came to Jesus that day? They were looking for power. They were looking for position. And they weren't looking for it for anyone but themselves. And there are many people today who are trying to co-opt Jesus for their own personal power. And Jesus would tell them the same weird thing that he told James and John 2,000 years ago. He said, my kingdom isn't about exercising power over people, but serving people. In case you want to go back and look at that story, you'll find it in Matthew chapter 20, verses 24 through 28. But there's a whole list of other things. The early church gave dignity to women in a society that saw them only as property. The early church established the first hospitals and orphanages because that's what Jesus' values required of them. The early church fed the hungry, clothed the naked, because the values of Jesus are weird. Because, you see, Jesus' values challenge systems that are only for the haves and not for the have-nots. See, the values of Jesus demand that we respond in practical ways to the needs of others. The values of Jesus demand that we love the unlovable. The values of Jesus demand that we think of others first. And the values of Jesus demand that we don't just say we value something or someone, but that we actually demonstrate that the values of Jesus are transforming us. So, let me pose these three questions to you one more time. What do you value? 
As I said from the very beginning, it is not an easy question to answer because the values of Jesus will require you to be transformed. Transformed in ways that will cause others to think that you are what? Weird. And who wants to stand out as being weird? Well, Jesus didn't mind. What do you value? Second question, where do your values originate? Now, this one I think will challenge you because, because you see, many of our values may find their origin in Scripture, but how scriptural are they? And, and I, I say that because that's what Jesus was challenging the people in the Sermon on the Mount with. He said, you all know the Ten Commandments, but do you know the implications of those Ten Commandments? You see, so many people, so many people have, have bent the values of Jesus over the years by their politics and their push for power that, that we need to go back to the source and we need to say, Jesus, what did you say? Not what did somebody say based upon their particular worldview, but what does Jesus actually say? So where did your values originate from? Last thing, who are the beneficiaries of your values? Who are the beneficiaries of your values? If you start to, to think about a list of beneficiaries of your values and it isn't any bigger than yourself and your immediate family, you might have missed Jesus' values. Jesus' purpose was always thinking of others. He said that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to do what? To give his life as a ransom for many. Do you see what I mean when I say that the values of Jesus should be disturbing us every day? Because when was the last time you woke up in the morning and thought about laying down your life for someone else? So how do you respond to all this? Well, I want to challenge you to think about two things today. Number one, Take time today throughout this week to read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. That's the Sermon on the Mount. And, and I want you to take your time. It, maybe grab somebody else in your house and sit down and make a decision that you're going to read piece by piece through those three chapters. Don't rush, but ask yourself, what's Jesus' value being expressed here? And ultimately, Who's going to benefit from this value being lived out? First thing, read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Second thing, talk with someone. This is the dangerous part because you've got to really be willing to open yourself up if you're going to do this last part. But talk with people about what they perceive to be your priorities. You gotta be, you gotta, you gotta really be willing to be honest. You gotta be willing to hear what somebody says if you ask them this question. What do you perceive to be my priorities? Because remember what was a 
what was a statement I made at the beginning, your values should determine your priorities. So as you and other people that you converse with talk about what your priorities are, it's going to lead you to understand what you value. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, you have spoken to us about how we are to live. Jesus, you demonstrated it, and you remind us day in and day out what it means to be your disciples, to live by these values. Holy Spirit, we invite you to do the transformative and reforming work in our lives. As we hear these values, as we, as we, as we are confounded daily with how do we live out this value, Spirit, do the work that must be done to transform us so that no matter how weird we look compared to the world, we will truly live out the values that you have. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, Find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.